Today's topic is always safe in God's care. Always safe in God's care. And if we can, uh, if we can get this perspective and believe it, uh, it I think it's the, the greatest weapon against depression, the greatest weapon in the fight for joy. Just this week, I, I met with two different Christians who are both right now in the midst of the most severe hardship of their lives. And both of them confessed to me, I'm, I'm struggling to cling to a belief that I'm safe in God's care, that God loves me, that he's in control, that he's got my back. We live in a broken world, and sometimes that brokenness intersects our lives. And when it does, even we Christians can, can find ourselves uh, doubting that we're safe, questioning whether God is really with us, lovingly with us. Does he really have our backs? You know, atheists, they love, to, they love to say, you know, the fact that bad things happen to good people means there's no God. Either, either God is not all-powerful or he's not all-good. Otherwise, why would he allow bad things to happen to good people? But what they fail to understand, what the Bible teaches us, is that God's love toward us is, is manifest not always in protection from harm, but, always, but sometimes in the redemption of harm. So if you have your Bibles, uh, turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 18. And I believe that this passage is written to encourage the Christian who finds himself or herself in the midst of, of a hardship, suffering, struggling. And this text is written to, to encourage us, to bolster our faith, remind us we are safe in the care of a good God. I'm going to read, starting in verse 18 to the rest, to the end of the chapter. It's rather long, but you can follow uh, up on the screen or in your Bibles. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. 
What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come but nor powers nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does it mean to be safe as a Christian? That's the question I want to answer today. That's the question I think that uh, God answers for us in this text. What does it mean to be safe? Well, first off, let me say it does not mean that we will be protected from all harm protected from all hardship. Look again at verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time, we Christians are suffering. We will suffer. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. God's not uh, quiet about that. He's, He's very bold in proclaiming. We're going to suffer. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he lists all kinds of things that Christians have endured and are right now enduring and maybe you've endured. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, the sword, even death. To have a, uh, to, I've, I've met a lot of Christians who become disillusioned with God because they've put words in God's mouth. They've claimed that God promises something he doesn't promise. And they say, if God loves me, then he will protect me from all harm. Bad things won't happen to me. And yet, God never promises that. Barbara Brown Taylor, uh, in, in one of her books, talks about a, a, a parishioner he, who, when he lost his daughter, began to doubt God's love for him. He said to her, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know whom to pray to or what to pray. I tried to be a good person. I did the best I knew how. It didn't do a bit of good. If God's going to let something like this happen, then what's the use of believing at all? And you know, he's he's in pain. And and so we need to be uh, extremely gracious. But in his words, there is this um, perception that if I just am a good enough, if I'm a good enough Christian, then bad things shouldn't happen to me. Like my daughter should not die. God has failed me. But you know what? Uh, God hasn't failed. So what does it mean to be safe in God's care? If God's not going to protect us from, from the, all the bad stuff in life, well, how can we say that we're safe? Well, here's what 
being safe as a Christian means. Number one, it means God is always lovingly with us. Always lovingly with us. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. When we're weak, when we're suffering, uh, God is right there with us, interceding for us, helping us. Margaret Feinberg wrote the curriculum that we've been using in, um, in my journey group, uh, Fight Back with Joy. She endured uh, breast cancer. And she, in one of her uh, talks, she advises, she says, here's what people need to hear from you when they're hurting. She said, what they need to hear is, I'm thinking about you today. You're in my prayers. I love you. Give people the gift of your presence. Just, just that is so comforting when you're in distress. And you know what? That's what God is saying to us right here. You know what? You're in hardship. You're, you feel overwhelmed. You feel like you might be sinking. God is saying, you know what? I'm, I'm right there with you. And lovingly with you. Verse 35 again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? All this stuff. Verse 38. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God wants to assure you today, I am lovingly with you. You might not feel that. You might uh, not see that. But that is the truth. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, he is lovingly with you in the midst of your hardship. And you know, when that, sometimes that can be hard to believe. It can be really hard to believe when the pain you're in is a result of your own doing. You're hurting and you know the reason you're hurting is because you blew it. Maybe your marriage has fallen apart and it's because you weren't a good husband or a good wife. You've lost your job because you weren't a good employee. You're in jail. Whatever. You're, you are suffering because you failed. Is God still lovingly with you in that? Verse 33. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. You know what I think God is saying? Even your own failures cannot separate you from my love. For some of us today, that's the word we needed to hear. You don't need God to fix your problem. You don't need to be uh, rescued out of the pain. You just need to know God is with you in it and that he loves you and that he's going to give you the strength you need to endure and to walk through it in faith. So to be safe as a Christian means God is always lovingly with us. 
Secondly, to be safe as a Christian means that none of our pain is wasted. We do not suffer gratuitously as Christians. Verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, strike that, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for for good. Is that really true? Now, it doesn't mean that what happens to us is good. There's some real evil that can be done to us. But it means that God takes even the, the wicked things done to us, even our own failures, and he weaves them together into a beautiful tapestry. Do you believe that? I want you to put this image into your mind. Everything, this is what God is telling us, everything that happens to us, even the pain and suffering, the hardship, our own failures, wickedness done to us, God in his loving sovereignty for the Christian, he weaves it together into a beautiful tapestry. And now it's a wonderful thing when we get to see some of the good that results from our pain in this life, and it does encourage us. But you know, for most of us, most of Most of the pain, we're not going to get to see the good result until we're on the other side of eternity. But there is coming a day when we will see how God has worked everything out for good. And we will marvel and we will celebrate. And it will cast a a positive light on everything that has happened to us. And we'll say, thank you, God. That is beautiful. Now, hope that is seen is not hope, verse 24. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it in patience. God promises, will we have faith to believe? If we will believe the promise of God, it can alter our perspective. It can give us hope because even the pain in our life, God will redeem it. And knowing that, believing that, can free us from so much heartache. It can be one of the greatest weapons in the fight for joy. Genesis chapter 50. Joseph. Uh, Joseph just uh, reveals a, a perspective on pain that is so beautiful. Remember Joseph, his brothers were jealous of him. They hated him. They sold him into slavery because they wanted to hurt him. They were trying to hurt him. And because he got sold into slavery, he spent uh, most of his life separated from his beloved father, his parents, uh, his um, younger brother whom he loved. He spent years in, a, in an Egyptian prison. He, un, he, he uh, went through some serious suffering. But God used his uh, suffering for good. Ultimately, he was in Egypt, and he rose to power, and through him... God uh, provided food for Egypt during a tremendous famine. In fact, his own family was saved from starving. And so in Genesis chapter 50, Joseph is finally face to face with his brothers and they're afraid that he's going to punish them. 
He writes, uh, he says in verse 19, But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. When Joseph saw God's good plan for his pain, it freed him from anger. It freed him from an, an, a need to exact vengeance. And it allowed him to get to a place where he was like, you know what, brothers, I know you were trying to hurt me, but you know what, God brought good from it. I don't feel any need to punish you. Uh, in fact, I can be kind to you. I can be generous to you. We need to have faith in the promise of God. Your pain, God is ultimately working it for good. And someday you will get to see that. But right now you can walk in the relief. You can walk in the, in the peace and the freedom if you will just own uh, by faith the promise of God. So to, to be safe as a Christian means, first off, God is always lovingly with us. Secondly, it means none of our pain is wasted. And finally, it means victory is the last word. For the Christian, victory is always the last word. Verse 37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. In all these things, in all the hardship that can befall us as Christians in this life, we are more than conquerors. And you know what? It is even listed death. Even death, even in death, we are more than conquerors. Jesus is always our example. Jesus suffered in this life, and the suffering took him to the grave. He didn't get relief in, in this life, right? He died. But then, three days later, he burst forth from the grave. Death, even death doesn't have the last word for us as Christians. In this world you will have tribulation, Jesus says, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And because I have overcome the world, you, my followers, will also overcome the world. The Victory is always the last word for the Christian. There is coming a day. I, uh, the hardship you're in, it might last your lifetime. And I pray that it doesn't. I don't want that for you. None of us like to see each other hurting. But even if it takes you to death, that's not the last word. Resurrection is the last word. Victory is the last word. We have, we have to always appraise our pain in light of eternity. Tomorrow night, uh, Sabrina and Morgan are headed back to North Carolina to be with her father. He is uh, stage four terminal cancer. And we don't know how much uh, longer he has to live, but I want to show you a cartoon that he just uh, posted on his Facebook a couple days ago. Sometimes I feel like I've done all that I can do. Charlie Brown. Then it might be time to walk away, let go, and let God do it. Not everything is meant for you to handle. Trust God. And why that's meaningful to me is, here's my father-in-law, 
not knowing if he's got weeks or months left to live. And this is, this is him saying, you know what? Uh, in this hardship right now, I am choosing to trust God. He is a man of faith. And he's such an encouragement to all of us. But that's the choice that we have to ask or that we have to make when we are in pain. Are we going to take God at his word? Are we going to trust him? We're going to move into a time of response. If you want to uh, bow your heads, if that, close your eyes, if that allows you more uh, peace to uh, look inward. Are you in hardship right now? Will you receive God's promise that you are safe in his care? Will you allow that promise to alter your perspective? Will you allow that promise to give give you peace right now today? You know, everything, today I've been talking to the Christian. These promises are for the child of God. God does not make these promises to the non-Christian. To the one who loves God, who has been called according to his purpose, to the elect. But don't you want this kind of assurance for your life? If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ today, Uh, God's arms are wide open. He says, uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I'll come in and sup with him. God, uh, the gospel, the good news is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. God offers you uh, a life within his care, his good care. But you have to receive it. It's simple, but you have to receive it. And to receive, you need to say, God, I need you in my life. I repent of my sins, my my independent spirit. I, I turn from that, and I put my faith in your son, Jesus Christ. I receive his death upon the cross as payment for my sins, and now I'll let you be the leader. And if you do that, God promises that a spirit will come in into you, reside with you, and when you die, he'll take you to heaven. You become his, and then you are safe in his care. But you, it's your choice. And, and every relationship starts somewhere, right? It's a relationship that continues day after day after day for a lifetime, but it's got to begin somewhere. And maybe today for you, uh, it needs to begin today. There are no magic words. God sees our heart. But at some point, you've got to speak. And you've got to say, God, I want you in my life. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of the living God. I receive your death upon the cross as full payment for my sin, and I'll now follow you for a lifetime. And if you say that, and you mean it with all of your heart, God honors that, and you become his today. God, I just... Every time we open your word, it blesses us. You have such great plans for us. You have such, such a, a, a good heart toward us. Open our eyes, Spirit of God, to see more and more 
your beauty. May we not listen to the lies that say we're better off on our own. May we stop running from you and start running towards you. Especially in our pain. Lord, who better to help us? Who better to care for us uh, than our creator who loves us in Jesus Christ? Pray this in, in Christ's name. Amen.